Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper and you can get it online? Just go to hymns.com slash radio. Through Hymns, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands to treat ED at up to 95% off. That's right, the same active ingredient as the brand name for 95% less. It's the same ED medication, still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash radio. That's hymns.com slash radio for your free online visit. H-I-M-S dot com slash R-A-D-I-O. Fall is here and RSV can strike people over 60. Super protect yours with the vaccine. Check with your health care provider or visit immunizenevada.org. With health, there is life. This message is sponsored by Immunize Nevada, aired in cooperation with the Nevada Broadcasters Association and this station. 101.5 FM KDON. It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party! Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Ah, KT, live Stoners Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. No place I'd rather be right here back in Vegas and, of course, uh, enjoying some great food, as I always do on Wednesday nights, the old pre-show meals. And KT switched it up a little bit. Everybody's been telling me, Wednesday night, beef stroganoff night. Wednesday night, beef stroganoff night. I'm like, ah, okay, I'll get to it one of these times. And literally was spacing on it, didn't even think about it. Saw a patron walking out, and I said, you enjoyed your meal? She goes, well, not yet. I got it to go. In fact, I got a couple of them to go. She goes, Wednesday night, I never missed the beef stroganoff. And that reminded me. The light went on, and KT's like, I'm getting it. I'll hit the lamb chop appetizer to start. Half hour later, I'm getting the beef stroganoff on the bed of noodles. Absolutely amazing. And finished big time, nothing. The the clean plate club, like, I'm pretty good like that. I mean, my wife, Christina, I'll tell you, she's a phenomenal cook as well. But uh, outstanding. I recommend it. Wednesday nights, get to one of the three Steiner's Pub locations, get the beef stroganoff. You don't like it, you come and you see me, 1750 North Buffalo, say, KT, I had it, I didn't like it, I'll give you your money back. you got to be kidding me. It's absolutely phenomenal. Of course, you better bring me your receipt and show me that you had it. I know uh, all you gamblers, you dropped a, dropped a game or two. Hey, let's go hit KT up, man, for uh, you know the uh, beef stroganoff cost there. But end of the day, it is top of the line. So that may be something that I do maybe twice a month now because that is phenomenal. I like all the different foods they have here. It's such a diverse menu. And it is outstanding. 24-7. I mean, you've got to be 21 and older. So, kids, unless the parents bring some of this great food back home, you're not going to be able to enjoy it. But, folks, get out there. Enjoy yourself. Have some spirits. Just take care of your driving, you know, or, or, or have uh, your ride set up before you go out and, and hang out. There's Wednesday night, what a great crowd. I mean, really is a great place to break up the week. Wednesday nights, all three locations. So, KT is always 1750 North Buffalo. Vegas Drive, right there in the Albertson Shopping Center. The other two, 8410 West Cheyenne, finishing up their 25th year. That is the opening location. That is the oldest of the three. 
and then in between South Point and Mandalay Bay over there on the boulevard, Las Vegas Boulevard South, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South to be exact, right there. Cross Street is Windmill. Get in there as well. Manny and the crew do a great job there. But it is absolutely incredible, uh, the Beef Stroganoff. So highly recommend it. And so KT feeling good. And I know the hoaxer, he's back there at the studio, uh, and uh, he's probably going to take in the Beef Stroganoff after the show because he usually comes down to get stuff to go, uh, he and his daughter Amanda. And she's one of the lucky ones that's not 21 that gets to enjoy the great Steiner's food. So it is uh, top of the line. Again, 24-hour establishment. When you walk in, you'll see a marquee lit up board with a bunch of prices up there. Well, those prices are the payoffs on the jackpots that they have at their bar throughout the week. And they'll have the machine number, the amount that was hit, and what day it was hit. And you'll see some days you'll see, like, just a bunch that came in in different number of machines, sometimes the same number of machines. And so just right place, right time. I mean, anything like that, any type of gaming, uh, video poker, video kino, right place, right time. I'm telling you, you can, you can just sit down like I did here. Or I, I had uh, Royal down here at this one and one down at uh, the Boulevard over there, uh, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South. I'll never forget that one because Christina and I were going to the Depeche Mode concert over there at T-Mobile. And that's when I got my first Steiner's hat because they'll give you a cool hat, too, if you hit a Royal Flush. And uh, they take care of you. They really do. And everything, the gaming, there's always great promotions. Uh, you know, what they don't have on tap, they've got in the bottle. But, you know, the gaming, the drinking, you know, everything is all set up. Again, if you're going to have adult beverages, just make sure you take care of your ride and you're good to go. The sports, they've got it all going on. And so if you're somebody that's working, you know, maybe during, you know, the night and you're not able to watch the games or you're working that, you know, that uh, – swing shift or whatever and you're not able to watch games you come into steiners they're going to replay all those games they go over and over and they've got all these different sets so you can find just about anything and most of the stations will replay games for you so you're able to take them in in your in its entirety also a great place to to come after work and so if you're working you know swing or graveyard still get into steiners get in there get uh you know you can hang out it's just well lit enough that you can see everything but it's dim enough that it's it's nice. It's a nice feeling, and it's a Vegas feeling, and it really is well done. Roger Sachs and the crew, they do an outstanding job, and they've got the little menus. Uh, well, basically, it's a menu that's set up as far as the homemade soups and whatnot. When you come in, there'll be a little paper calendar, so you just grab one of those. So you'll have the one of November. So today, you know, the 29th, and they've got the, uh, the soup of the day is albondigas. And then, of course, Wednesdays, like I told you, is a special with the Beast Stroganoff, which is absolutely unbelievable. So uh, you've got all the games, when they are, who's playing. Now, of course, the Raiders have a bye this week. Uh, so it just uh, just win, baby. You know, they've got that there. But they've got the UNLV football, the UNLV basketball, and uh, they take care of you. And Roger Sachs and the crew do an incredible job. And the great thing with Steiner's Pubs, the service is fantastic. So, you know, you can get great food a lot of places. Uh, great service, not always. And so that's what really separates them from a lot of places. So come on down, any one of the three locations, but you can always catch KT 1750 North Buffalo right here at Vegas Drive on Wednesday nights. Let's get in and get the show growing. Now, the starting five, number one. First, I want to uh, say great job last night, Chris Wynn and uh, Mark Hoke. And Rob Rishi sitting in for KT on a Tuesday, a fat Tuesday. KT not usually taking Tuesdays off, but Christina, my wife, her birthday, very special time. And uh, daughter's, uh, you know, in town. And uh, just a special time. So it was a great day. 
all day was just fun. And sometimes you got to do that. Sometimes you got to have that family day, that personal day, especially uh, you know when it's something meaningful. And as you get older, you realize birthdays. Yeah, wives may not want to let everybody know the age, but at the end of the day, they still want to make sure that they're pampered and taken care of. And Christina was yesterday, so uh, she was very happy, and I was very happy listening to the show back on the way up. And Chris Wynn, producer Mark Hoke, and Rob Rishi, my man, did a great job last night. So appreciate those guys. And here in the Vegas Valley, as we uh, look at number one, I mean, this is pretty amazing here. The Adelson and the Dumont families of the Las Vegas Sands Casino, they've entered into a binding purchase agreement to acquire the majority ownership and right to serve as governor of the Dallas Mavericks. And that kind of blows me away with Mark Cuban giving up the majority percentage. That's, uh, you know, again, I've got to, you know, get into this a little bit more and find out what's going on. Because right away, and and you start seeing tweets and this and that, oh, Mavericks are going to move to Vegas. Look, they're not going to let, the NBA is not going to let them move out of Dallas. First off, they get great crowds. You know, the franchise has been there for a long time. But it is kind of weird. Like the Adelsons, why would they buy into the Dallas Mavericks? Why would they want a piece of that franchise? Could be the relationship with Cuban. Uh, don't know. And, and I, you know, of course, uh, my producer, Mark Hoke, I would take his input there. But it's, uh, it's, it's just a little different. And I don't see, uh, you know, that team moving to Vegas. But I do expect an NBA team to be here in Vegas probably in the next, you know, I'd say four to five years is my feeling. Maybe sooner than that. We'll just wait and see how it all pans out. Mark, you got anything on that? All right, so Mark may not. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I didn't know if you had anything as far as the, uh, you know, Mark Cuban deal as far as, uh, you know, with the Adelson and Dumont families. Because to me it was just, just kind of weird, like, why they would want a majority percentage of the Mavericks. Oh, okay, so he's, I'm sorry, he does, he's over there doing stuff. He was communicating to me, but not over the air. So forgive me on that. I was going to get him to put his two cents in. All right, well, I'll get some more information on that and uh, see if we can't get some people on from the NBA. My good buddy, of course, uh, NBA Buzz, Mikey Domagala. I'll check with him. And, of course, my good pal Noah Parker, the Crooklyn Baller. Those guys are big NBA guys. We'll see how all this stuff plays out. But I'll read into it a lot tomorrow. I was, of course, driving in from Vegas, so I didn't get to inhale the story. Uh, and all the little, uh, you know, the little variables and stuff. And so I'll read into that a little bit more. Number two. All right, you got to love it, man. Aaron Rodgers, are you kidding me? 11 weeks after surgery to repair a torn Achilles, Aaron Rodgers back at practice. Now, it's not a full practice and not contact, and he may not even come back this year, and I wouldn't rush him back. I mean, there's no sense rushing back, especially with the Jets, you know, the odds of the Jets making the postseason basically nil right now the way that team played the last couple games but uh, it's just pretty amazing what the body can do if you put your mind to it and if you uh, are able to follow the advice of uh, the doctors and then your body's in decent enough shape to to come back from something like that so we'll wait and see but by rule the Jets have 21 days to decide whether to activate Rodgers from the injured reserve and that period expires right before Christmas on December 20th uh, when they face the Washington Commanders, that would be the game that he would uh, be targeting for a return. But I don't, I don't know. I think if maybe they win their next two, maybe, and they have some, you know, miracle chance of making it, maybe he goes out there and gives it a go. But I really wouldn't risk it. We'll wait and see. But it is pretty amazing that Aaron Rodgers has been dedicated. And I think he just wants to show everybody there in New York and Jets fans, Jet faithful, that, hey, look, 
I'm good to go. My heart's in this. I'm showing you what I can do to rush to come back. Because realistically, I think he's totally embarrassed. I mean, I know I would be. All this hoopla during the offseason, Mike Greenberg, ESPN, he's a Jets fan, everybody. I mean, that's all we heard about in nauseam was freaking Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. And then the guy doesn't even get any passing yards, and he's out for the year. Unbelievable. Humbled big time. Sometimes you need that. And I think Aaron Rodgers may have needed that. But it's good to see that he got the competitive juices back, and he will be back. I don't think it'll be this season. I think it'll be next season, but I think he'll be good to go. Number three. All right, Angel Reese, okay, if you've been following the ladies' LSU team, the Lady Tigers, she missed the last four games there for head coach Kim Mulkey. And, of course, last year, the Lady Tigers won the national championship, and Angel Reese was the MVP of that team. Now, there was little uh, dissension in the troops, so to speak, with her as far as towards coach Kim Mulkey. And Mulkey's a Hall of Fame coach, so, you know, she's not going to back down. And uh, if Angel Reese never came back, it's on her. And good luck getting drafted into the WNBA. I mean, you're probably going to go there because you're a talent. But at the end of the day, it's not good for you to be, you know, basically, you know, in subordination with the coach, right? You can't, you can't show that side. So I get it. She was a little ticked off because she got benched the second half in a game against Kent State where she didn't play well. And, uh, you know, then she ended up not going with the Lady Tigers to the Cayman Islands over the Thanksgiving break. So I think she was humbled a little bit, Angel Reese was. Why? Because the Lady Tigers went 4-0 without her. And I think she was starting to see, you know what? They're going to move on without me, so I better do something. So looks like everything's kind of been patched up, at least for now. They have a big game, the Lady Tigers do, with Virginia Tech tomorrow night. We'll see how much time she gets in that game. But she is back. I know Kim Mulkey's happy to have her talent back. We'll see now if they can go forward and kind of keep the peace there for the defending national champions number four all right the unlv men basketball team last night my goodness i mean if you're 40 to 72 years of age baby you better go and get that heart checked out after last night if you were there at thomas and mac because unlv got off to a big lead against akron and darn near squandered it I know Kevin Kruger was probably like, are you kidding me, guys? Come on now. you got to close these games out. You played an outstanding game, had a 10-point lead at halftime, 41-31, but darn near blew it to Akron. And the Zip's always a pretty good program. And, in fact, Michael Dawson actually had a shot, a three-point shot with four seconds to go. Could have won the game, uh, but the Rebs hold on and get the W, 72-70. to They'll take it. They have to travel to Dayton now. And they got a game there December 6th. So they got a little time to work on that. It's a decent Dayton team. Not a great team, but they got a couple really good players. And that's always a tough place to play. You kidding me? The crowd, that's a good... I like it because Cruz is bringing them into a hostile environment. I'll say the odds of the Rebs winning that, that game against Dayton, I'd say 40% at best. Because that environment is unbelievable. Now we'll see. If they can get a W like that, that would be a signature win non-conference going into Mountain West play. I'm hoping they can get it done. Meanwhile, staying with UNLV, on the ladies' side of things, the Lady Rebs up 51-43 at halftime at Northern Arizona. Head coach Lindy LaRock, of course, Durango High School product and Stanford product, played so well over there for uh, uh, the Lady Cardinal. But they are 6-0 right now. And a phenomenal year last year. They went unblemished in the Mountain West. And right now, non-conference, they are 6-0, as I said, hoping to go 7-0. Northern Arizona on a four-game winning streak, so we're hoping Coach LaRock can keep things alive 
but that is a look as far as on the hardwood as far as the UNLV Running Rebels and the UNLV Lady Rebels. Number five. And if you think it doesn't pay to be a quarterback, well, it does. And not just at the NFL level, at the college level as well. We saw Duke's quarterback, Riley Leonard. He's gone into the transfer portal. There's going to be a bunch of good quarterbacks in there. Head coach for Nebraska, Matt Rule, says it's going to cost one to two million to get any one of the good ones. It's just the way it is. We saw Caleb Williams when he left Oklahoma, went to Southern Cal for Lincoln Riley. I mean, he's making in excess of $3 million a year. So some of these guys, they realize, and you're going to find, there are some good, solid college quarterbacks, right, that never pan out at the next level. But you're going to be able to, if you can, manage a game and you've got it down, you get on the right program, all of a sudden, you can turn yourself into making half million, a million, two million a year. And so some of these guys, although like Caleb Williams could be ticketed, you know, for the NFL as the number one pick, if you're an underclassman, you don't have to rush into the NFL. You can say, you know what, I'm going to go back to college next year. It's not like I'm just denying myself an opportunity to get that money from the NFL because you're going to make the money in college if you're any good. And that is the going rate right now. We saw Bo Nix, Jaden Daniels, both those guys up for the Heisman, as well as Michael Penix Jr., all transfer. Caleb Williams, I mentioned. How about Sam Hartman and Riley Leonard, the transfer, now going into the portal from Duke. Inside scoop, Brad Power says Riley Leonard could be Notre Dame's next quarterback. And that is a look at the starting five. KT live at Steiner's Pub. By the way, Luis Severino uh, makes a smart move. Uh, Leaf Scalliott and uh, the Yankees, uh, my good buddy Mike Scalliott, he booked from the Bronx. And he's going over to Flushing and uh, going to play for the Mets. So we'll take you there. I don't like uh, too many Yankees defecting over to the uh, Mets, but we'll take a shot on Severino. Why? Because our pitching sucks. So i uh, got to do something to change things up. Take a break. Come back. Mark Lawrence going to join me. We're going to roll on through some great college football games, some championship games. We're going to get into the NFL. Hour number two, top of hour number two, Mr. Andy Isco, the original AI, will be with me. And then, of course, after that, we've got... Uh, my good buddy Arthur DeCesar over there at the Westgate Superbook. He is, of course, supervisor in risk management. And Art Dice, he's going to go through five college championship games as well as five NFL games. We're going to rock and roll. We're going to keep things rolling on a Wednesday night. It is hump day. KT live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Come on down and see me. We're live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Pub 1750 North Buffalo. All right. Uh, rocking and rolling over here. Okay, getting an echo. And uh, UNLV Northern Arizona. There we go. Uh, just want to update the Lady Rebs. Only up three now in the fourth quarter. 67-64. And that game in Flagstaff. So keeping an eye on the Lady Rebs. Men winning a close one last night. 72-70. to Lots of college football. Lots of NFL. And let me welcome in Mark Lawrence, of course, Playbook Sports, playbooksports.com. You can get all his plays, does the coffee club, does all this stuff. It's unbelievable. Mark, I'm telling you, I had a miserable week last week. I mean, incredible. I couldn't, I mean, a few of the games that I liked, even Moneyline, Coastal Carolina, they were never even in it. And then Florida was a frustrating one because they looked like they had it for a good portion of that game and then let it get away. And the plus six and a half didn't work out. I had bought it up to seven, still didn't work out because they lose by nine. 
Uh, I had a few good calls with Wazoo and uh, a few others, but uh, five and ten between college and pro. So I tell people, you think it's easy handicapping. Good luck, because you're going to have one of those weeks or two of those weeks or three of those weeks where you're going to go like, what the heck? I thought I have a, a handle on this. Now, you've been very consistent throughout the year, and you've been very consistent the last two years, bowl-wise, you've been the best. And bowl season right around the corner. But we got championship week in the college, and uh, NFL is uh, getting good now with five or six games left, just depending if teams had buys or not. So uh, let's get rolling on it, Mr. Lawrence. But I want to see, how are you doing? Were you able to survive some of those, uh, the, those games last week? Because there were some tough ones for me. It was a bit of a Rubik's Cube for me as well, Kenny. Uh, you know, there were some games that we liked that got there, but more of them that we liked that did not. You mentioned Coastal Carolina. I was there with you, never ever in the game. Lost a real tough game with Ohio State, a game that, you know, maybe crying sour grapes. I'm going to finger point at Ryan Day for the horrible job that he did, not even giving his team a chance to win the football game. But uh, I was glad I'll say this when the weekend was over. What about uh, your take as far as when you're watching Bama and Auburn and, you know, you got the fourth and goal on 31 yards. I mean, and I'm just, okay, so he's got to drop back. So it's going to be a 35-yard pass. And I'm just like, there's no way. If you drop back, you know, you're dropping back eight guys, there's no way that any one of those receivers should not have, you know, somebody right to more than one guy in the vicinity. And that pass, again, perfect pass. First off, the receiver has about three yards of daylight behind the defender. You got to understand the end zone's ten yards. You got to you got to know where you are, and if you're not right on the guy, you got to be able to when that ball's coming towards you, then you're going to be able to jump up and knock it away or tip it or whatnot. And again, perfect pass, but it should have never been like that. I just don't get that. I, I there's no way that I would ever have lost that game. I'm just saying, my I would have had my guys positioned differently. And, uh, you know, you got to work on something like that. I give Auburn a hell of a lot of credit. They played a great game. But to lose one like that, there's no excuse for it. No, there is no excuse for it, Kenny. And uh, i got to put the blame on that squarely on their head coach, Hugh Freeze, or who I now call Brain Freeze. Uh, he rushed two guys, and he let uh, Jalen Milrow have nine seconds in the pocket to find somebody open. Nine seconds. He could have painted a picture. He only rushes two guys. You should have an all-out blitz there, force him to run around the pocket, and then you still got guys to defend 30 yards down the field. It was just a total, total mishap on the coaching staff for that situation here. And, you know, kudos to Alabama. Kudos to Milroy. He delivered a perfect pass. And uh, all I can say is I'm glad that I didn't have Auburn on the money line. Oh, my gosh. I thought about that, too. Yeah, I, I, I was just saying somebody has – I mean, and there are probably several, especially people that are Auburn, to where as long as they beat Bama, they're good to go. It would make their season. So I'm just thinking how many Auburn fans probably had Bama on the money line and to watch that. And if they didn't know, I mean, last year on a two-point, I think I want to say it was a two-point conversion. might have been a, a fourth down or whatever, but I thought it was a two-point conversion to where uh, Kyler Murray, and I'll never forget because it was on my birthday, September 18th, when the Cardinals were in here to play the Raiders, and the Raiders did the exact same thing. They rushed two guys. Two guys. All right? So you're rushing two on five. Okay? So the quarterback's back. So that means you've got five guys in the pattern. So that you have nine guys back in coverage. But this is even, I mean, 
again, he didn't have to go 31 yards, but he dropped back and he got back uh, behind the 15. I want to say around the 18, 19 yard line at one time. It took so long that Kyler Murray, and we know he's quicker than Cat, but he's able to scoot and dodge and weave and get into the end zone running to get that game-tying two-point conversion. I was just, like, watching that. I'm like, how does that happen? It's absolutely unreal when you see stuff like that. It's just uh, sometimes lack of coaching or just, you know, like you said, brain freeze. And so you blame the coach there for Auburn. Sometimes you got to blame the players. they got to know what's going on. And uh, they got to see what's unfolding before them. But I agree with you. If you only rush two and you give a quarterback all day to you know, make a decision. In that case, Murray ended up running it in, but to throw the ball, still got to throw it 35 yards You know, when it's all said and done, and uh, they do because, remember, that ball also was in the very back of the end zone, so that's more like a 40-some-odd-yard pass. I mean, it's incredible, but Alabama finds a way, and so let's get into it. Let's go right to Georgia and Alabama. I got to get your take on this game. The line at the Westgate Superbook is five. It's five and a half at Circa. It's six at Caesars. And so, so we're seeing, you know, money go different places on different teams. So Westgate, naturally, Superbook taking more money on Georgia. And Arthur DeCesar, Art Dice will join me in the last segment, and I'm sure he'll testify to that. 54 the total. Now, here's the thing. It's Mercedes-Benz Stadium there in Georgia. And the Bulldogs do very, very well there. And they always see, even the, you know, a game against Georgia Tech, they have most of the fans, even if it's a home game like this one for uh, Georgia Tech, this past one. But what's your take here? Because I'm thinking Georgia's fans, they already knew their guys are going to be there. They knew that for a long time. Bama's fans didn't know for as long a period of time that they would be representing the West. But nonetheless, they probably, and they, maybe they weren't so sure with Milrow and the guys. What's your take on this game? Uh, if there's going to be an advantage crowd-wise or if that even means anything. Uh, you know, I, I really think if Bowers is, you know, not 100% for Georgia, that, that's a major, major hit to that offense. I think it's the best game on the card here Saturday, Kenny. You know, you got the Washington-Oregon game, which we'll talk about in a little bit, maybe to rival that, but uh, you couldn't ask for anything better with a lot on the line here for two teams, one Georgia to go undefeated, stay ranked number one and be the number one seed in the playoffs for Alabama to pull the upset on Georgia and find their way into the playoffs. I like Alabama in the football game. Uh, This is not, number one, I think the vintage Georgia team we've seen the previous two years, good but not as the same parallel as they were the previous two years. You've got a real hungry Alabama team that has not been here uh, in the past couple of years, and you know Nick Saban is seething over all of that. Now he, uh, now they win a game against Auburn, which keeps them alive for the playoff. They lose the game against Auburn. Even if they beat Georgia, they're not going to the playoff with two losses. So uh, coming into this game here, you got to remember this. Alabama has never lost to Georgia in a, in a Southeast Conference championship game that, that they've gone head-to-head in here. And you've also got an Alabama football team that just excels in the role of an underdog. I think this is where the pressure is squarely on the Georgia Bulldogs here. Alabama is playing with house money going into this football contest, and I think they give Georgia their first loss of the season. There you go. So if you like Bama, and Art Dice will tell you, shop around, get the best number. If you get a point difference somewhere else, go there if you're going to take Bama. My dream scenario would be Georgia to win the game between one and four, one and five points, and then Georgia wins because I'm not a Bama fan, although my brother will be bummed out, but... 
Uh, at the end of the day, I don't care. And then I'd like to, uh, you know, take the money. Look, worst case scenario, I'd almost pay to not have Alabama in the playoff. I mean, that's uh, so sometimes sometimes you look at it like that if it's just a little personal money. So I'm going to be with you. I'll, I'll go with Bama there. Right now I'll take Bama plus six. That's the best you can get around town. Let's jump over to the game that I'll be at on Friday night. I'm looking forward to it. was there last year on a Friday night, and I thought I was going to enjoy myself. In fact, I did enjoy myself for the first 24 minutes or whatever it was, and uh, USC was up a couple scores, and then all of a sudden Caleb Williams, the knee injury. He comes back a little bit later in the game, but was never the same and could not run, became one-dimensional, and uh, Utah ended up beating USC. So despite the pregame meal with Pete Arbogast, the voice of USC for all these years, it did not go well for KT in the second half. Now this game, I'm going to go see Jerry Allen. Jerry Allen's been the voice of Oregon for 37 years. Going to go see Jerry. But also, Kalen DeBoer is good friends of my main sponsor, Brian Panish, because DeBoer, of course, was the head coach there for Fresno State and then transitioned over to Washington. So, kind of torn there, but I'm going to root for the Ducks. They're minus 9.5, 66. That's just a lot of points. And not that I don't think that they'd cover that if it was at Autzen Stadium, because I do. And it's up to 10 at Circa, but there's 9.5s all around town. But there's something about this game. If you can get 10, I think you've got to take a shot on Washington. I agree with you, Kenny. You've got an undefeated Washington football team that's already taken this team out once before. And although they're not playing nearly near the level they were when they beat Oregon early on in the football season here because they've gone backwards steadily since then, yet still winning football games. But I think the key in the contest is what you mentioned, Kalen DeBoer. He's just an outstanding head coach uh, in his career. The last 16 games that he's played where he's had the better record, his team has won 15 of those games straight up on the scoreboard. They're going to go in here with this uh, Rodney Dangerfield chip on their shoulder and like saying, what are we doing a 10-point underdog in a game that we already beat this team? And they've got an undefeated season and a ticket to the uh, college football playoff on the line here as well. I'm going to play Washington plus the points. If for no other reason, I think it just reeks of value. We, we both know that Oregon might be the better football team coming into here. The odds makers see that. Uh, but what they're doing is they're dangling a big, fat worm out there for everybody to come and jump on Washington here. Well, guess what, Kenny? They put a fat enough worm out there where I'm going to bite on Washington. There you go. And when you look at Oregon, like their last five games, okay, the, the game at, at Rice-Eccles Stadium when they blew out Utah 35-6, to it's not that they beat Utah, but that they pummeled them like that. Now, the fourth quarter, both teams... They just ran the ball and got the game over with 35-6. I think that's what it was after three quarters. Then they crushed Cal, and Cal's been playing pretty well, 63-19. to Something about Autzen Stadium. Now, they beat USC, but they didn't cover. I took the Trojans, saying that they'd, you know, be able to hang in there. They're going to score points. They, the Trojans actually shut Oregon down in the fourth quarter, and they were able to score and get the cover. So they were able to come back from 36 well, whatever it was, 36-13 or whatever, and come back and get the last two scores to let the game finish up at 36-27. Then they pounded Arizona State, Oregon did, and then I had them against Oregon State at home. I just felt they were peaking enough, and they were going back to Austin Stadium. Yes, I'm glad they set this date up with Washington. I had Wazoo. Wazoo did play well in the Apple Cup, but there's something, too, when you're undefeated, you're just trying to get through the game, right? You don't, you're not caring about blowout city. Like for Oregon, it matters because they have that one loss. And although they did play, outplay Washington, uh, I'd say the last 20 minutes of that game up in Seattle, and then that tying field goal just kept shifting right, and uh, we talked about it several times, and just missed. 
they were definitely the better team in the second half. But again, 10 points with familiarity being there and a coach like Kalen DeBoer, yes, I'm going. And look, I like Dan Lanning as well as a coach and a good, good motivator there for Oregon. But at the end of the day, I'm going to take the 10 points and Washington like Mark Kenny, let me Let me say this one thing here uh, before we move on from this football game. We mentioned about Kalen DeBoer. Since he's been at Washington, he's 23-2. and two. He's lost two games since he's been there. He's been an underdog three times. He's won all three of those games straight up taking points with the Huskies. You're there talking you 10 points here. That's, so that's my case, okay? Yeah, and then uh, well, look what he did at Fresno. Uh, I want to say he was 10-2 and two his last year there as well before Washington snatched him up. So, yeah, very impressive what he's done. And, of course, he was the offensive coordinator over at Indiana and then transitioned out west. A great find by Fresno State, but they gave him the shot at his, as a head coach, and that really put DeBoer on the map to where Washington said, hey, we got more money, we're going to give you more, come up to Seattle. He made the transition, and uh, it's, it's been pretty solid since for the Huskies and the purple and gold. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, it, I, it couldn't be a better matchup because these two teams don't like each other. Uh, the states, really, Oregon, Washington, there's a, there's a rivalry there. So it's going to be a lot of fun. And I will tell you, both these teams travel very well. So I expect Allegiant Stadium to be packed and sold out, and I will be there. I cannot wait for that game. That will be 5 o'clock Pacific time right here at Allegiant Stadium. Washington right now catching 9.5 the Westgate Superbook, but 10 in several other places around town. So if you like the Huskies, make sure you get that 10. One more, Mark, before we uh, jump into the break, and then we'll come back. I'll throw a few more college at you because it's championship week. What the heck? All right, UNLV, they're catching two and a half from Boise State. Same number that they laid to San Jose State. Now, they lost to San Jose State, but the computer spits it out that it's going to be UNLV and Boise State. When I went back and I looked, because I don't know all the little uh, things criteria-wise Mountain West used to get these uh, two teams in there, but both these teams beat Air Force. And it was earlier in the year, but San Jose State got killed by Air Force, 45-20, to 20, never in the game. And so I'm thinking that that may have had something to do with it. Uh, Look, Boise State's played very well since uh, relieving their coach, Andy Avalos, who's actually a a former uh, alumni and played on the football team. But he's gone. And you know what? The running game is solid. Genty is healthy now, and uh, Halani's healthy. And then Taylor Green can pick him up, put him down, and also throw the ball on occasion accurately. UNLV needs to bounce back from that loss. They got out of the gate slowly against San Jose State. They did not play a good first half. They came back and they closed, and they actually had a chance to win that game, but they didn't get it done. Lost by 431-27. What's your take here? Boise State minus 2.5-59. I will say that Rebel fans better be there in numbers, and I'm going to keep pushing it. They've got to be there. You can get tickets as low as 20 bucks. I think they, they had them for that because Boise State travels. I've seen them here at the Las Vegas Bowl, Mark. They bring in 20000 minimum. Well, it's going to be a big, huge football game, obviously, for UNLV. And the reason UNLV here, Kenny, is this, is the way they played the season here, they all had 6-2 and two conference records, but none of the three teams played against one another all three times. So they had to go to college football playoff computer rankings. And they used four firms to do those computer rankings. And when they did the computer rankings, the compilation had Boise State First, UNLV second, and San Jose third. That's why San Jose is sitting on the sidelines, and UNLV gets in to the, into this playoff. I should say UNLV first, Boise State second. Uh, as they play this game here, my question i got to ask you, the turf at Allegiant Stadium, is it the same as UNLV, what they play on, or is it different? 
is he uh, what saying that the Raiders play? Yeah. Yeah, I, I believe I believe it is. I, I believe it is. I you know what? And, I, and I'll check and I'll confirm that because, like my dad said, son, if you don't know, just say you don't know. I'm not positive, so I will check on that. But I would think it may be again. I I, I think it is Mark, but uh, again, I'll check on that. I know they uh, they paint it up differently, but I would think it's probably the same turf. And uh, you know what? But I will I will check and make sure on that so that I have an accurate answer. And I will, uh, of course, text you that. But I'll get that out to the listeners tomorrow and make sure I have the uh, correct uh, the answer. The reason I ask is one of my customers asked me because the other uh, championship game is the Pac-12 championship game, also at the same stadium. And uh, he had heard uh, that they're going to roll an artificial turf out for one of the games and uh, grass for the other. I don't know, but that's what I'm kind of waiting to hear. But nonetheless... If you look at the way that UNLV got here, I mean, you gotta you got to nominate Barry Odom for head coach of the year in college football this year for the job that he's done there. He's been nothing but a, a red-hot slots machine, just a money-making machine for the, all the backers of UNLV this football season here. They didn't back down from any team they played all season long. I think they're the big surprise of the football season here this year. Uh, I love the fact of, of their dog record so far this football season as well. I like uh, the fact that he's 12 and one at home in his career in games in which he has the better record. Odom is, and that's the record. Uh, the fact in this football game here, I like UNLV to win this game. All right, I love you, man. I hope that comes in big time because I'm just hoping the Rebs can close it out as strongly as they played all season long. Don't want to end dropping your last two and just go to a bowl game. We want to make sure that we take care of business. Got an opportunity for the first time to win the Mountain West. Take a break. Come back with Mark Lawrence, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FMK Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now. Produced by none other than the great Mark Hoke. Mark Hoke Show, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. Live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Got to get to Mark Lawrence, but anytime I hear a little hysteria, a little Def Leppard, a little animal coming back, Mark Hoke's been in the hits here on a Wednesday night. That's a great album. Hysteria was an outstanding album, the best of uh, Def Leppard. They had some great albums, but that one was outstanding. Elliot was second to none with the vocals. Good stuff. Mark Lawrence with me, and we're uh, talking a little college football. We'll dive into the NFL. Got to go fast because we only got about six minutes to go. All right, Mark Lawrence, let me throw it right at you. What about Okie State? Because Gundy's done a phenomenal job coaching this Pokes team. Now, they did get drilled at Central Florida, but Texas minus 15, and we know yours is is solid, but uh, they look darn good against Texas Tech. 57-7, my goodness. Another game I was never in, and I had, you know, a couple touchdowns. So how good is this Texas team, and will they be able to put away Gundy's guys, or will they uh, just be happy winning? They know if they win and Alabama wins, they still have the upper hand by beating Bama and Tuscaloosa earlier. Well, you know, normally I'd like to make a case for Oklahoma State. I just don't like the way they finished Kenley here. They caught that nice run in the middle of the season. They started slow, were a house of fire, and I think they kind of limped to the finish line coming in here. And when you look at uh, who they beat coming down the stretch, I mean, the, the weight class is really, really lightweight. Brigham Young, Houston, and Central Florida, three of the Big 12 newbies this year, along with Cincinnati, and none of them had a winning record. I think Texas is drooling and waiting for this football game, ready to put their foot on the pedal and keep it there, looking to impress the college football uh, uh, 
people uh, for the rankings and crash into the top four of the, uh, of the rankings here, they may be the best one-loss team that's out there, and I think they'll want to prove that case in this football game here. I'm going to lean to Texas in the contest. All right, so to drop on down real quick, Florida State, they're going to be playing in Charlotte against Louisville, and Louisville getting beat by Kentucky takes a little luster out of this game because now the Cardinals no longer a one-loss team, but Florida State, Rodemaker went down, the backup quarterback to Travis, and then he comes back. And uh, the fans all of a sudden realize, hey, we love this guy. Yeah, you had to love him because you were down to a third string. And Florida State probably wouldn't, wouldn't have won that game, uh, you know, against Florida had Rodemaker not come back. I don't want to speculate and say that for sure, but at the end of the day, Florida State, though, minus 2.5, 47.5. What about it? Does Bromsville get up for this game and take out Florida State? I think there's you know, some pretty good speed there at Florida State, but they're going to have to get some better quarterback play from Rodemaker if they're going to beat Louisville. That's the thing here, Kenny. Usually when you find a backup quarterback coming in for the starter, there's a rally around the quarterback situation which in essence they did uh, within Florida State's win to keep them undefeated. I think it goes out the window in a game like this. Number one, the pressure on Florida State. Number two, Jeff Brahms had a really, really good season. Number three, he's a really, really good underdog in football games. I think Louisville ruins Florida State's perfect season. Wow, and the last one we got to throw at Lucas Oil, Michigan. Down to 22, was 23, totals 35. I'm done on totals with Iowa. I mean, I got burned in Nebraska. I mean, you can't tell me that big game doesn't go over. I'm sitting at 10-10 with, 20, uh, with about 23 minutes to go in the game. All I need is six points and can't get it done. Three missed field goals. End of the day, Nebraska can't even win the game. They give it away. What about it? Can Iowa hang? We know the defense is good, but we also know they got pummeled by Mark Hoke's uh, Penn State Nittany Lions 31-0 earlier in the year in Michigan. Of course, taking out Ohio State, they can exhale now, but will they be up to uh, beating a physical team like Iowa, who doesn't have much offense? That's the problem with Iowa. If they get down double digits and have to come out of their shell, I don't think they can come back. Well, Kenny, I think what you're going to find here is Michigan team finding it very, very difficult to get up for the level this week than they were up for against Ohio State last week. In fact, I think it's next to impossible. In Iowa, you've got a rock-solid defense here who I feel will have Michigan play down to their level in this football game. One key stat here, Kirk Ferentz has taken it on the chin three times in a row against Michigan in his career with Iowa when he's playing with triple revenge exact, three losses exact, nine times he's never lost the money. That's the role he'll be in here. I think he'll waltz this football game to the end, Iowa plus the points for me. Thursday night football, Seahawks, Cowboys, Cowboys at home, minus nine, 47 and a half, going to try and get in a couple here on the NFL. I'm going to take the Seattle Seahawks here. Kenny Dells is coming off this no-hit, no-hit, no-hit wonder. They're just piling up the points. They're undefeated at home. But this is a great spot here for Seattle to slow Dallas down. Give me the Seahawks plus the points. All right, the hoaxer, man, is Eagles at home. They're getting points from the Niners, minus 2.5 and, and some juice. So I could see this one hitting 3. In fact, it did at Circa and some other places already. What about it? Niners minus three or two? You can either uh, lay two and a half and some juice with the Niners or take the Eagles plus three. I don't like the way Philadelphia's playing, Kenny. They're winning games, but they're getting outstated immensely in football games. Last four games, they've lost the yards over 100 yards a contest here. Big, huge super, uh, championship playoff revenge here for San Francisco. I think Frisco gets the money. Mark Hoke threatened to keep me on hold forever if I didn't take Philadelphia. i got to get ready to get on hold forever. Give me San Francisco. 
There you go. All right, Chiefs Packers, real quick. You got about 30 seconds. Sunday night football from Green Bay. Chiefs minus six, 42 and a half. Look, they just. Uh, yeah, they came back against the Raiders, so if they can erase a 14-0 lead here at Allegiant Stadium, and I know they had a bunch of fans here, I can't go against the Chiefs when it's less than a touchdown. I've got to take the Packers plus the points here, Kenny. This Chiefs rush defense is horrible. You can't lay points on the road with that. Jordan Love at home against non-conference teams, 3-0, and straight up and against the spread. Green Bay in an upset. He's the best on X. Follow him at Mark Lawrence. Mark spelled with a C, of course, the former Twitter and Playbook Sports. Get all of his plays. He's the best in the bowl season right around the corner. You're going to know how to get all of that from Mark Lawrence because the last two years, he's made more money than any other handicapper, I'm going to say, as far as bowl season. Live from Vegas, hour number one in the books. 101.5 FM Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. A-U-D-A-C-Y. The producer, Mark Hoke. He's the best in the business. We'll be back. Andy Isco, Arthur DeCesar, and the Hoekster all in hour number two with KT. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT, hour number two, live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. KT, of course, here on Wednesday nights, 15 years now on Wednesday nights. And Andy Isco going to be with me in just a sec. AI, of course, uh, finishing up his ninth year on SportsX Radio. Mark Lawrence as well. So both those guys. Now, Andy, uh, he may drop back down to Thursdays in a little bit if uh, that fits his schedule. Right now I got him on the Wednesday schedule. But more of AI is always good. Not artificial intelligence, not Andre Iguodala, not Allen Iverson. It's Andy Isco, the original AI. I just got a text right before that first hour ended. And it's from Arthur DeCesar. And, of course, Art Dice, my man, he is, of course, uh, risk management supervisor over there at the beautiful Westgate Superbook. He had a family emergency. He literally just left work on his way to the hospital. So I just told him prayers for whatever's going on. He said, i got to be with my mom and my gal. I'll let you know, KT. So Andy Isco is going to be with me, hour number two here. Uh, our prayers with Arthur DeCesar. If you know Dice, he's an incredible guy, Connecticut kid over there. Uh, Westgate Superbook is phenomenal, but what a beautiful soul. And usually he closes up Wednesdays with me, and we go over a bunch of the games. We had them all set up to go. Of course, I'll hit those games with Andy Isco anyway, uh, but still, just want to get a little SportsX Radio good vibe, karma there, and uh, some prayers over there for Arthur DeCesar and uh, his girlfriend and, his, and, his, and her mom. So I don't know the exact uh, situation, exactly what went down, but... Uh, our prayers are with you, Dice, if you're on your way to the hospital right now and you're listening. And uh, we will have you back next Wednesday. And he said he'll update me later and let me know what's going down. So we will uh, take care of business. Meanwhile, Steiner's Pub, real quick before I get with Andy. This one over here is packed. And I've met several people today that were friends of other people 
that I knew. And, of course, my brother-in-law, Zach Wild, but several uh, other cool people came in that I didn't know who they were. And they're like, hey, so-and-so, hey, I just met this really cool guy, Tony. And he comes over, and he's got this big Navy veteran shirt on. And I go, oh, that's awesome. And he goes, yeah. He goes, I just started listening to your show. He goes, really cool. He goes, I've been listening, you know, driving home and stuff. And I go, gosh, dang it, where's Chicago Bill? Where's Chicago Bill? He freaking took off. He came in here. He ate his burger and onion rings, and he bailed out. And this shirt was perfect because what does Chicago Bill and I always say? I'll always say, go Navy, beat Army. He's always like, first thing, he'll call me, KT, go, go, go Army, beat Navy. He's like, I got it first. I go, no, you didn't, Bill. You, you didn't get it first, but you think you got it first, and it's because you don't listen anymore. You didn't turn your hearing aid up enough to hear me say, go Navy, beat Army. And the great thing is that game's coming up soon, a week from Saturday, so we'll have a lot of fun there. But met a lot of cool people tonight. My buddy Clint made it in, my buddy Chuck. Uh, no cheese over here. A lot of music guys as far as they they all know my brother-in-law they know like every song they know all i don't even know half of them i mean i i've gone to the concerts but i don't know them you know to these guys know them word for word they know it's crazy but uh always a great place to hang out steiner's pub all three locations 8168 las vegas boulevard south right there at windmill in between mandalay bay and south point and then you got 8410 west cheyenne the original just finishing up their 25th year in kt right here 1750 North Buffalo, Wednesday nights, 6 to 8. Usually get here by about 4.45 and don't leave till later after the show's over. So come on down and see me, and uh, we'll have a great time. All right, let's welcome in Mr. Andy Isco. Follow him on X, right? Got to get used to that, on X. On Twitter, former Twitter, on X, at VegasAndy711. At VegasAndy711. I go with the 711 little crap style there for Andy Isco. Not that you're crap, Andy, but I just wanted to get that, that craps reference in there with the 711 there in your, uh, in your handle. But it is great to have you, my man. How are you? I'm doing fine, Ken. And maybe I'll change instead of uh, VegasAndy711, I'll change it to VegasAndy Slurpee. There you go. That's right. That's right. Or double, double the, big gulp. Uh, the- the convenience store. Uh, by the way, I want to join you in uh, in wishing for the best for uh, Arthur. He's a, a class person, very good at uh, what he does. So I hope things turn out uh, uh, the best way possible. And also, I heard you with Mark earlier. Uh, Allegiant Stadium has uh, both artificial turf and natural grass fields. The uh, artificial turf is uh, for UNLV games. Uh, the turf is uh, for the uh, Raider games. There you go. Okay, so will they use... Which one, since they're both college games coming up Friday night and Saturday afternoon, will the UNLV games remain consistent since they know that turf? Does that give them a little bit more edge being the home team? Uh, playing So they'll stay on the same surface, the turf, and then the grass may be rolled out for Friday night? You know, I'm, I'm not sure. My guess would be, and it wouldn't necessarily be with UNLV being the home team as much as I believe the game is really governed by uh, the Mountain West Conference uh, uh, officials, you know, you know, those in charge. But I would imagine they will keep the surface because if they uh, uh, to play a, a grass game followed by a turf game, uh, I don't know if they have enough time to change it over within the 24 hours. So I, I, I'm okay. going to imagine that tomorrow's game will be tough. I can't say for sure, but I would say uh, just, just based upon common sense, it's probably 70-30 that it's going to be turf. AI, uh, never talked to you since Thanksgiving. Do you have a nice Thanksgiving? Uh, I know you're somebody that's a connoisseur of good food. Well, except for the turkeys on the field, the turkeys on my plate were fine. Oh, uh, there you go. I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I, I had a lousy week as far as uh, football overall. It was 5-10. and 10. And, and just when you think you can forget about it, you can't because Chicago Bill comes in there with the, with the sheet with all the games that you picked. And he's got right here, KT, right here. There's a, 
All right, Bill, I see it. I see all the X's. Those are losers, right? Great. And on the bottom, he's got it 5-10. So it's like, all right, unless I'm going to the five-and-dime store like we grew up with, I'm in a lot of trouble there. So, uh, yeah, it was a, uh, a, a tough we, we week, to say the least. weeks like that, and it's tough. Like, it in almost any line of work when you have a negative experience. You sometimes start hesitating and, and doubting things and checking things. You have to almost take the mindset of a player. After a bad game, you put it behind you. You can't change it. Maybe you work a little harder, see if you can correct some mistakes, or sometimes you're just on the wrong side of games because uh, the, the games didn't go not necessarily the way that you thought they would, but the way that anybody thought they would. I have very few people would have thought that, for example, uh, the Alabama-Auburn game would end the way that it did and it had a difference on the, an effect on the total. There you go. Yeah, so that one I got right, taking the points. But uh, the Coastal Carolina, it's like sometimes you're, you're like you're looking, you're like, okay, I got this team and, I, and I'm there. In fact, I'm not even worried about the 9.5. I think they're going to win the game on the money line. But I'll take the points too, brought it up to 10, and then uh, Coastal Carolina on the money and i got to give James Madison a lot of credit, Andy, because I never thought coming off their loss to bust their perfect season and knowing that they're not going to go to a bowl game, and then they bounce back. And they didn't just bounce back. They killed Coastal Carolina on the road. And Coastal was playing for the eastern half of the Sun Belt, and it didn't much matter. Yeah, by the way, I understood, I heard today that the Coastal Carolina quarterback is, uh, uh, I think he's declaring for the draft, but I think he did last year and he pulled out. He may do the same this year. But, yeah, I, I mean, from the, the intangible standpoint, and even from a statistical standpoint, you could make a case for Coastal Carolina, but, you know, then there are teams that know how to respond to adversity and basically say, oh, okay, this is what happened last year. We had an unbeaten season. We had a losing spell. We're not going to let that happen this year. It turns out, of course, that Chase Madison is now going to be a bowl eligible because they don't have enough. Uh, uh, six and uh, uh, you know seven and five teams or six and six teams uh, to fill the I think there's 82 bowl spots open. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people did the same thing. For example, with New Mexico State coming off of that big win against uh, Auburn on the road, 24 point underdogs on the ro- on the SEC road and uh, winning the game by uh, 21. So it's not like they sque- they squeaked it out. Uh, it seemed to be a very flat spot for New Mexico State. Yet they at home, small underdog, they came out and they uh, ended up winning a game. So you know these these things that happen, and we talk about them being 70% situations when you know, you're in those big letdown situations, but 70% still, does, still is not 100%, and these were some of those 30% that don't follow that, uh, let's call it, uh, uh, understandable pattern. There you go, yes, and I actually had New Mexico State, and then I had to sweat it out because they were up 17-3 on Jack State, uh, yeah. Jacksonville State, and then it was tied at 17, and then... It looked for all intents and purposes that game was going to head for overtime, but then the, the pass down the sideline, uh, the receiver got behind him, and the next thing you know, they're in field goal range. Jerry Kill, amazing. I mean, this guy's 62 years of age and continues to win. Uh, had trouble with the epilepsy, which is, you know, he's had that throughout his life. Uh, was at Minnesota and got another crack in coaching. And I'll tell you what, to go to Las Cruces and win nine games, and I know if they beat Liberty, they're going to have a 10-win season. They'll be 10-3 and because there'll be 13 games. Absolutely phenomenal. You couldn't tell me in a million years that New Mexico State would win nine and a chance to win 10 games if they beat Liberty, Andy. That is one. I mean, and again, Barry Odom, what he's done here. I was going to say, Barry Odom, what he's done here. And then, you know, you couple that with what Jerry Kill's done. Go ahead. 
<laughs> if you go back to last year, he struggled in the first part of the season, his first year, Jerry Kill, at New Mexico State. They won, I believe, uh, eight of their last ten, and I, I believe their last six games in a row, including a bowl game. So they, they had turned the corner at the end of last year. Then for them to follow up with the season they've had this year and be so strong against the spread, I don't know if when they announced the Coach of the Year voting, but I can't see... I, I can only see the top three being Fish of Arizona, Barry Odom of UNLV, Jerry Kill of New Mexico State, and you can make a case for any order amongst those three. Yeah, I, I cannot argue with you. I mean, just phenomenal coaching at schools that are not in Power 5 conferences, and uh, I'm hoping that Odom can close yeah, it out. Is, but... Oh, Arizona, yeah, Fish, yeah, Fish, a phenomenal job. Yep, and, and, and think back now, because that's a nine-win Arizona team, and, Andy, we know darn well they, they had SC beat four or five different times in that game at the Coliseum. They ended up losing by two in triple overtime. But they were the ones that was always, they were always in front. And uh, they had Southern Cal, and they let them off the hook. So uh, that, that close to a 10-win season, that is so impressive. I, I, I mean, what Fish has done there. And, you know, you lose your starting quarterback in Jaden Delora, and then Fafita steps in and does a phenomenal job. Yeah, I, they are going to be, well, uh, they're not, I was going to say they'll be a fashionable pick next year, but unfortunately it won't be in the Pac-12 because uh, we're down to the uh, Pac-2 plus probably the Mountain West. They're working out some sort of agreement to uh, play games, uh, the Mountain West teams to play games against Oregon State and Washington State next year, although not uh, in a formal, uh, at least for next year, no formal conference alignment. But, uh, uh, yeah, Arizona's going to be, uh, uh, first of all, I don't know what big, there are some big openings that will be out there officials will be tempted to leave although I understand he's very happy at Arizona but you know that can change and the right situation comes up but yeah this is a thing that surprised a lot of people just take a look at what the over under win total was for uh, UNLV New Mexico State and Arizona I think UNLV may have had the highest win total I think that was what four and a half or five yeah I think it closed at actually five and a half some places because they actually did get that and I remember Brad saying I don't see I mean maybe but I can't play it over uh, you're right. And then some of the, I mean, New Mexico State, I mean, <laughs> just amazing, man. Uh, just absolutely amazing. Really, Arizona, too, because the Pac-12 was loaded the way they were. And so when you saw Wazoo get out of the gate nicely right after beating Wisconsin, and then I said week four when they hosted Oregon State, that was going to be a big-time game, and they ended up winning that game. And I really think that was uh, the start of, you know, just heartbreaking, excruciating losses for Oregon State up until getting blown out at Autzen Stadium. But those other, you know, I mean, all three of their losses were one-score games that they had chances to win and, uh, and couldn't close out, and that took them out of, you know, the Pac-12 title hunt uh, before they got a chance to go to Oregon. Uh, I know they really thought they were capable of beating Washington, and they ended up blowing, only losing that game by two in the torrential downpour for much of that game. So, yeah, it is, uh, it is wild. Listen, I, I want to get back to college football, but I want to just jump over real quick uh, to college basketball because you're a, you're a guy that went to Penn, and it's pretty unique what they do uh, with the teams from Philly. And I just want to update, with a minute 22 to go in the third overtime, Temple leads LaSalle 103-97. to And earlier, St. Joe's beat Villanova 78-65 at Nova. I mean, this is, this is impressive stuff. St. Joe's beat you guys too, but you guys beat Nova, right? Penn? 
Yeah, and the Big Five, which is an informal alliance of the five teams, and sometimes you can even throw Drexel in there because they've been a, a steady performer in, in, in the city of Philadelphia uh, for for decades as well. It's been an intense rivalry. Uh, it's sort of the Big Five rivalry sort of went away when Raleigh uh, Massimino was coaching at Villanova. Uh, he was concentrating more on, on being a national power, and of course the, the Big East, especially in its formative uh, years back in the early to mid uh, 1980s. But the city of Philadelphia. Has always produced some great basketball players, uh, who st- many of whom stayed locally, many of whom went to uh, uh, play elsewhere. Uh, you know, Will Chamberlain, for example, going down to uh, uh, to Kansas to play his uh, college basketball there. Uh, so the big, the big East, uh, excuse me, the, the the Big Five rivalries are 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 strong, as strong as they've ever been. It was a little bit different back in the day was when I was at Penn because you didn't schedule as many national games as you do now. You didn't have as much TV coverage, but uh, those games and they were normally always held at the Palestra. Not really a neutral site because it's on the Penn campus, but uh, the tickets for those games were always allocated evenly as though it wasn't really a Penn home game. And, of course, playing a number of games there, uh, the other four teams in the Big Five are all familiar with the court and the acoustics. Yeah, and Andy and I will get into uh, college hoops big time. Mark Lawrence as well uh, throughout the season. A lot of good uh, games now. Uh, that are going on non-conference-wise. In fact, Dayton, that team that UNLV's got to go travel to play, they beat SMU on the road. They were one-point dogs, but they beat them 65-63. There's certain games that I just have marked, and I'll go back and I'll watch them, or at least uh, bits and pieces of. But games like that, I look and I go, man, that, that had to be a good game. A nice score, 65-63, good college basketball game, and you know it was probably nip and tuck pretty much the whole way. But they have the ACC SEC challenge right now. Auburn up by 13, late first half over Vatek, 33 to 20. Arkansas leads Duke, 33-32. Just 10 seconds left, first half. The uh, Hogs at home in that one. Uh, Boston College on the road in Nashville, blowing out Vanderbilt, 44 to 23. Jerry Stackhouse, guys, man, he does not have a squad. Uh, they're in a lot of trouble this year. Uh, and that is it outside of there was another final uh, earlier. was a pretty good win. Uh, there's a couple of them. Uh, North Carolina held on and beat Tennessee 100-92. to Very high-scoring game. And Tennessee was down 20-something points in that game and came back, made a game. And then Virginia, in a low-scoring first half, opened it up a little bit and ended up beating Texas A&M and Buzz Williams 59-47 in Charlottesville. In the second half, they got that win there. And Florida at Wake Forest in Winston-Salem. Wake Forest gets the win 82-71. to So home court still uh, pretty big. Kentucky, a big win last night. In the second half, they blew out Miami. So really enjoy uh, that stuff. Temple will beat LaSalle. They're up seven with 10 seconds to go. They're laying four. So you're hoping, uh, if you have Temple, that you don't give up a three there in the last 10 seconds to get the win instead of the push. And uh, KT and Andy Isco, we will get into college hoops a lot more throughout the uh, season and and get going but i'm going to uh read off the preventive diagnostic center uh live read and then come back with andy we're going to get into the college uh championship games we'll get into all eight of those and then we'll hit some of the top nfl games to close things out again our prayers with arthur de caesar on his way to the hospital again uh for uh something going on there and uh we're something to do with his uh, his gal's family so we're just hoping everything's going to be okay because normally he closes out Wednesday nights. But Preventative Diagnostic Center, Dr. John Pierce, we've been talking all about UNLV. He's 2018 UNLV Alumni of the Year. He is an amazing man and has two different practices, but one of them is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. PDCenterLV.com is the website. You can go check that out, PDCenterLV.com. 
But what we have here, if demographically you fall between the ages of 40 and 72 years of age, we've got the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the preventative diagnostic center. So you can call now, leave your name and number. They'll get back to you, set up that free educational consultation. You let them know KT Sports X Radio sent you. You know the 702 area code for Vegas, 534 7900 534-7900, 534-7900. Comfortable scan, takes a few minutes, a few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist. They have a heart CT scan and calcium score special that you have no excuse not to go check out your heart, making sure that you're in good shape. Again, demographically, 40 to 72 years of age. Get in there, make sure your arteries aren't clogged. Guys, don't get blindsided by the Widowmaker. Ladies, number one killer of women year in, year out annually. It's heart disease. So take advantage. Heart CT scan calcium score. $600 down to $125. Your significant other, absolutely free. The two of you get in there, $1,200 value. Total $125. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventative Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. KT, live from Steiner's Pub, live from Vegas. Coming back with Andy, Ask- Andy Isco. He's going to be uh, with me the rest of the hour. As we roll on through here, 101.5 FM K-Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it now, live from Vegas, live at Steiner's Pub. We'll be right back. That's a good one. That is good stuff. Mark Hulk spinning the hits here. KT on a Wednesday night live at Steiner's. Hump day happiness, hump day motivation, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we've got it going on over here. And uh, I've got, uh, well, we've got some basketball coming in town. We've got the Headlines Legends of Basketball Las Vegas Invitational coming up this weekend. And uh, number seven, Gonzaga, will be taking on USC. That's part of a doubleheader. Uh, KT hoping to have either Adam Morrison or Dan Dickow, both uh, former Zags, uh, one of them come on and highlight the tournament. And they've got some great packages set up. Uh, Dan Mahalik setting that up for me, and uh, we'll keep you abreast. That could be tomorrow night. Brad Powers will either be in studio, PSPR Law Studios, or on the PSPR Law Hotline as we go over all those college games in the full NFL slate. Andy Isco and I are going to get into the uh, college football right now, uh, but want to just update everybody on some of the things going on. Lady Rebs 7-0 and now as they blow out Northern Arizona and break their four-game winning streak. Be the Lady Lumberjacks big time in the second half and uh, a nice effort there. And this team continues to excel under the uh, tutelage there of head coach Lindy LaRock. She has done a phenomenal job. Andy, I'm telling you, I'm getting into the, uh, the college hoops, but I still got this last Saturday of college football. Now, the bowl games, I'll take them all in like you will, but at the end of the day, I'm kind of bummed, man. I mean, I, I hate when college football ends, like regular season. I love it so much. And it just it seemed this year, and, and tell me if I'm wrong, it just seemed this year it went faster than ever. Oh, I agree with you. In fact, uh, the only positive about the college football season ending, it means college basketball is underway and things are uh, you know, starting to get towards the end of uh, non-conference play, and uh, uh, it's a good thing. So there's like uh, so much overlap now, but yes, I agree. This college season, the NFL season for that matter as well, you know, we're two-thirds of the way through the NFL season, 12 of the 18 weeks, and uh, you know, I still remember, so it's back in August, we're talking about which teams are going to, uh, you know, who's going to win the AFC if it's not Kansas City? Will it be Buffalo? 
or will it be Cincinnati? And now both of those teams uh, likely not to make the playoffs, or certainly in the case uh, of Cincinnati, it will be very difficult. And, of course, they have uh, you know, pretty much, a, 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 I won't call it an excuse, but an explanation when you lose you know, one of the best quarterbacks in the game and Joe Burrow for the season midway through, and he struggled early due to an injury. Buffalo, you don't have as much of an explanation, certainly no excuses. Uh, they're, they're, if they've missed the uh, playoffs, it's due to performance, not to uh, injuries. Yeah, you know it's unreal. And the game that they just played this past week was was a great, was a good, solid, awesome. I, I mean, really, it's it's what you want if you're a Buffalo Bills fan. Unfortunately, you lose to the Eagles in overtime, thirty-seven, thirty-four. But that's the Josh Allen you want. That guy that you know is putting himself out there. Yes, he's going to get nicked, whatever. But that's the way he's got to play to be effective. You can't put him in a shell. You Same thing with Lamar Jackson. At the end of the day, what makes him great is that he's a dual threat. If you make him one-dimensional or try to protect him and, hey, don't take this guy ahead, I get it. But that's the way he plays. And if he makes it through the whole season, you got a chance to do something special. You know, I mean, bottom line is he... He loses a tough one, and when you look at their schedule, I mean, you're at the Chiefs, Cowboys at home, at the Chargers, then you get the Patriots, but you close at the Dolphins. I mean, you're six and five. You better take care of business. They have the bye this week to figure it out. They got to win four of those five games, and not going to be easy with that schedule. No, and in fact, you talk about uh, you know Lamar Jackson and uh, letting him do what he does, Josh Allen do what he does. That probably cost Frank Reich his job in Carolina because if you heard the quotes, uh, you know they wanted uh, to use more of an RPO run pass option for uh, Bryce Young. Frank Reich was against. He said that doesn't fit into our system. Well, you know what? If you're a good coach and you want to keep your job, you play to the talents of your players, especially a guy who drafted number one in the draft. Uh, You find out what you know what his talents are before, what his strengths are. You devise a system to take advantage of his talents. You don't try and make him into a fit to a system that you believe is the best system in the world if it doesn't fit his talents. It, uh, you you you've got to make the adjustments. And you know, uh, coaches like to think they know it all, and unfortunately, stubbornness often costs them their job. There you go. And you knew Frank Reich was stubborn over there at Indy. So, yeah, I, I agree with you 100. percent All right. Oregon, Washington, right here on Friday, 5 o'clock, an earlier time than normal. I mean, to me, you're a West Coast game. You ought to start that game at at, at 6 o'clock Pacific, right? Not 5 o'clock, because 6 o'clock still 9 o'clock on a Friday night on the East Coast. So don't give me this crap that people aren't up. It's a Friday night, for the love of God. And, and you're going into, you know, whatever. It should, it, 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 and you got the other game going at 4 o'clock Pacific, and then this one, only an hour uh, staggering. Yeah, I don't, I don't like it. I, 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 you don't start at one hour apart. You want, you want the public to be able to see both games, not have to be switching back and forth when uh, Oregon and Washington is approaching, uh, when the New Mexico right. State Liberty is approaching halftime so you can catch the start of the Oregon-Washington game. Let one start at 4 o'clock, the other start at 7, 7.30. There you go. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I, I, I got it. But if they want to look, if you want to cater to the east coast a little bit okay yeah i get you you know even 6 30 right you go 6 30 so it's 9 30 back there and start the other one at three o'clock six o'clock right it's a friday night most people don't have work the next day that's right good stuff okay so oregon washington though i'll be there andy i'm looking forward to it jose volante is going to be in studio so i'll uh, make a a live report there from allegiant oregon nine and a half but there are tens out there here in vegas 66 year total Boy, I'll tell you, I, I told Mark, because I, I like Oregon, and I, I think they're going to win the game, but I, again, I, I'm not laying 10 points. There's no way. As good as they are, 
that's Autzen Stadium good. I'm not saying they can't beat Washington by that, but I'm not laying it in a big game like that, especially like Mark said with Kalen DeBoer on the other side. Yeah, for me, it's either play Washington or pass, and I'm going to wait to see if the line goes above 10. I'm not quite sure that it will. Maybe it briefly hits 10.5 because the public will be all over Oregon based upon how they played and all the hype and the fact that arguably they outplayed Washington in that 39-36 loss in, uh, in midseason. And Washington's one of those teams, yeah, they were dominant in the first few games, and then they sort of settled down and, settled down and uh, regressed a little bit, faced some tests, but they still managed to win those games, so they do things that really good teams do is they find ways to win when you're not playing the your best. Unfortunately, Washington wasn't playing their best for much of the second half of the season. Still, that's too many points. I can see how the stats, I can see how power ratings can justify it, but you know these are two teams that know each other very well. They play every year. Uh, they've played a, a number of competitive games over the years. Uh, uh, let, let me uh, phrase it this way. I wouldn't be surprised if Oregon blows out Washington. I would be surprised if Washington blows out Oregon. But I'm expecting a competitive game where both teams are in it in the fourth quarter. There you go. And both quarterbacks are live. Of course, Bo Nix, one of the favorites, along with Jaden Daniels, who's idle from LSU. But Bo Nix, the game against Oregon State that he played was picture perfect. I don't think he made a mistake in the game. It was absolutely one of those blueprint-type games. And uh, they dominated from start to finish. The earlier game that we were talking about, Liberty still unbeaten under Jamie Chadwell, uh, first year coming over from that Coastal Carolina team. And New Mexico State, we talked a little bit about the amazing job that Cherry Kill has done with the New Mexico State Aggies. This line right here is Liberty minus 11, 56 the total. It's at Liberty. And Brad Powers uh, has done his tour of a lot of the stadiums. He said that's one of the nicest stadiums he was at out of all of them. I think he's visited like 65 of them. And he said that's one of the, that's in the top five as far as, uh, as nice stadiums there in Lynchburg for the Liberty Flames. Minus 11.56. Where are you on this one, Andy? You know, I've been riding with New Mexico State all year, so if I play it, I'll be playing New Mexico State. I want to see if that line goes up even a little bit higher because I started to see some 11 and 11 and a half show up, I think it was either this morning or last night. Uh, you know, if there was ever the flattest of flat spots for New Mexico State, it was last week. They're coming off, I talked about it a little bit earlier, and I think the first segment, you know, they're coming off a win against Auburn when they were 24-point underdogs. So first of all, you're a 20-point underdog and you win outright. You win by 21 points. Uh, you know, 24 point under you win by 21 points outright on the road in SEC country against a quality program uh, that uh, certainly out recruits you by far. You're supposed to have a letdown the next week, and yet what does New Mexico State do? They come back, and you talked about it earlier. They had the lead, they held on, and got the uh, game-winning field goal. Um, they will not be intimidated. And again, you go back and you see what Jerry Kill has done since the middle of last season. I think they've only lost a handful of games. Now, the funny thing about this handicap is, or you look at these schedules, both teams played Massachusetts. New Mexico State opened the season against Massachusetts, lost by double digits, and then the Liberty beat them, I think, by double digits in, in midseason. But this is a different New Mexico State team today than they were at the end of August and early in September, much like was the case last year. This team came along very nicely. I like the coaching. I like what Liberty has accomplished, especially with the coaching change and Hugh Freeze no longer there as he's uh, you know down there at uh, uh, where is it at Auburn now. Uh, but uh, I, I'm waiting. I'm, I will be playing New Mexico State. It's just a question of at what number, and that'll depend upon what the line does in the next 24 hours. There you go, and it's up to 11 and a half. Some places here in Vegas at 11 at the Westgate Superbook. 
and that total is at 56. All right, Okie State and Texas. Where are you on this one, this game in Arlington at AT&T Stadium, Cowboys home field there? And, uh, well, I, let me get that straight, the Dallas Cowboys home field because the Oklahoma State Cowboys are coming in to play those Texas Longhorns. Longhorns minus 15, 55, your total, A.I. Yeah, the numbers can make a case for Texas. Uh, they're clearly the better team. I did not like the way Oklahoma State struggled last week against a very weak BYU team. Oklahoma State knew that if they win, they're in this game, and they had a rally from far back in that game, ultimately win it in, uh, and I think it was the second overtime. Uh, so they did what they needed to do. They didn't look impressive in doing so. Uh, so I can certainly see the support for Texas and this high number, but the concern I have is you go back and you take a look at the Oklahoma State Texas series going back, say, the last four, six years or so. Gundy has always played the Sooners tough. They've won a number of those games. Uh, so he, uh, he, I think he's 2-0 and against Sarkeesian, if I uh, recall uh, correctly, since uh, Sarkeesian's been at Texas. They didn't play uh, in the regular season this year because of the expansion of the Big 12 Conference and the four new teams that came in. So I'm conflicted somewhat. If I had to go on what I've seen on the field and the way Texas has played all year, that's the... Uh, uh, that, that's the side that I would prefer. At the same time, it's like in horse racing. Horses for courses, and there are teams for teams, and Texas seems to be a team that Oklahoma State plays well, or maybe you put it the other way, a team that against whom Texas struggles. There you go. And Gundy, one hell of a coaching job this year, one of his best years there at his alma mater. Miami of Ohio and Toledo, this will be at Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. You know what? Both these teams have pretty solid records. Miami of Ohio, very good last week defensively. And uh, Toledo, they've been solid. Daquan Finn and that uh, offense has been pretty good pretty much the whole year, whether they're at the glass bowl or on the road. They're minus eight, total of 44 against the Red Hawks. Boy, I want to play Toledo, but Miami of Ohio, their defense is stingy. What are you, where are you on this one? You know, it's funny because these are conference foes for a long time in the Mid-American Conference, and they're both in Ohio. And yet... They played this year in the regular season, and that's the first time they had met in, con- in as, as conference rivals uh, since 2011. They've gone like uh, 12 years without facing one another, which is somewhat uh, odd considering their location and their longstanding rivalry. Uh, that game was at Miami. Uh, they, uh, I think Toledo was a, a two-point favorite, and they won that game 21-17. This is now a neutral surface. I don't think it's uh, uh, a neutral site in, in Detroit. I don't think it necessarily favors either team. Both teams travel well. Toledo has had several instances during the season where they were laying numbers. They won but didn't cover. They played well down the stretch. Miami also has been pretty solid all year as an underdog. I think this line is a little bit too high. If you look at the first game, even though it was played in, in Miami and Toledo won, the statistics were very, very comparable. And even if you look at the games against common opponents this year. Uh, they both fared extremely well and extremely similarly against those opponents. So I, I think this line is uh, maybe a field goal or so too high. So at uh, plus eight, uh, I'm on Miami. Once again, I want to monitor the movement in this line to see if I can get uh, better than eight, although I'm happy taking eight. There you go. Chuck Martin in his 10th year has done a, a good job, really good job with this team uh, this year. Jason Candle, who replaced Matt Campbell, who, of course, went to Iowa State. He's now in his eighth year. Boy, time flies when you're watching college football. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, get into one more, and uh, then we'll come back. We'll finish up the college, and we will uh, hit some of the top pro games to close out the show. But Troy, going to be at home in Troy, Alabama. John Summer on his second year. What a job he's done with this Trojan team. And this team's a lot of fun to watch if you like defense because they play it at a high brand. Now, Appalachian State, Sean Clark, 
was having a miserable campaign. It looked like this team was just nosediving, but they turned it around, Andy, and uh, they handed, of course, James Madison their only loss of the year. They finished, of course, uh, 11-1 and as they closed out Coastal Carolina. But this Appalachian State team has it going on now. They've won their last five. And, uh, you know, they've been impressive. They lost at Old Dominion by a touchdown. They lost to that Coastal Carolina team at home by a field goal. They lost at Wyoming by a field goal. And they lost at North Carolina by six points. So this team, when they lose, they're in all their games. They're all one-score losses. What's your take in this one? Troy, Appalachian State. Again, Troy at home. And Troy's laying points in this game. They are laying six. Six even, 52-and-a-half your total. And it's six everywhere here in Vegas. I can I can make a case pretty much for either team. I happen to prefer Troy because I like the consistency with which they play uh, of all season. You know, they started one and two. They beat Stephen F. Austin in a you know a closer game than it should have been uh, to open the you know one of those uh, FCS teams. Uh, but uh, then they uh, go and lose uh, by 29 at Kansas uh, State, and then they uh, go at home lose by only two to James Madison, who of course went on to be unbeaten until they ran into Appalachian State a couple of weeks ago. And then they've reeled off what I guess is nine straight wins, and a lot of them were uh, fairly comfortable. They uh, played a number of games where they didn't allow more than 14 or 17 points in a game, uh, and the offense has been very strong, and they've, they've played well again at home. That one loss at home was to uh, James Madison, and interesting enough, Appalachian State uh, win over James Madison was on the road. So you can make a case for Appalachian State as well. They've won five straight. They've covered four in a row. I prefer Troy playing on their home field and what they've been able to do uh, defensively, especially against the run where they've been very solid for a good part of the season. Several times uh, they've allowed under 100 yards uh, uh, rushing this season, and uh, that's been a rarity. I think it's uh, not happened very often for Appalachian State, although in fairness, their last two games, the wins uh, at James Madison over Georgia Southern, uh, they did hold uh, the opposition running games in check. I prefer Troy. I don't know that I'll play Troy, and I certainly could understand if someone likes uh, Appalachian State because they have done well over the latter part of the season. Andy, I'm telling you, John Summerall, if he wins this game, he's going to be 25-4 and four in two years at Troy. You're going to have some Power 5 conferences teams kind of looking and saying, hey, that's a pretty good record. Let's uh, look closer to that guy, especially, like you said, the way this defense has been so dominant pretty much all year. And, yeah, that two-point loss to James Madison, 16-14. But right there, a uh, chance uh, almost to run the table there as far as inside the Sun Belt. Ken Thompson, Andy Isco, we'll come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll go a mile an hour, man. Well, well a mile a minute we'll have to go uh, to get some more college in and uh, at least three or four of the top pro games when we close things out on Wednesday night live at Steiner's Pub, 101.5 FMK Dawn Streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, Ken Thompson, at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio. Follow the show that way, and you'll get the archives about 45 minutes after the broadcast. They are pinned at both those handles there on the former Twitter, now known as X, or you can just go and download that Odyssey Rewind feature, and uh, if you have that free app, you go right there. They have a rewind feature. You can listen right back to the show in its entirety. Live from Vegas, producer Mark Hoke taking us to our final break of the night. We'll be right back live from Steiner's. Ah, you can talk about the pit, barbecue, the band was jumping, the people too. Ah, mess around. They're doing the mess around. They're doing the mess around. Everybody doing the mess around. 
little Ray Charles, one of the old man's favorites. Coming back, wrapping things up here on a Wednesday night live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo, 103 in the Vegas Valley to serve you. Remember, 24 hours a day, folks, go enjoy yourself. Great food, incredible food, and uh, great spirits, great gaming, and the sports. All the sports you want, they're all right here at all three Steiner's Pub locations, 8168 Las Vegas Boulevard South, 8410 West Cheyenne, where KT is every Wednesday, 1750 North Buffalo. Finishing things up with Andy Isco, Arthur DeCesar. Uh, personal emergency and uh, last second had to call out so uh, we'll keep you updated we'll let you know tomorrow everything's okay as uh, we send our prayers his way Uh, finishing up with AI now AI and I talking some college so we'll have about eight minutes to get in as many college that we didn't finish up on and AI let's go right to uh, Georgia Bama Georgia minus five 54 at the Westgate but there's five and a halfs around town and even sixes in faraway places so that line could be on the move where are you as far as this game? Total of 54 at the Westgate Superbook, Georgia, Alabama, from Mercedes-Benz Dome right there in Atlanta, Georgia. Andy Isco. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm going to be on the Alabama side. I just want to see how high that line goes. If it's at six, I'll be happy with six. Maybe we can squeeze a six and a half or a seven as game time gets closer. I think at some point money is going to come in on uh, on, on Alabama. I think there will be a lot of public sentiment to play Georgia because, A, they're familiar with Georgia. They won 29 in a row. And, B, they don't like Alabama because of all their success recently. So maybe we get a little emotional money in that will drive that line up. But, uh, look, Alabama certainly can beat Georgia, uh, you know, the, Kirby Smart had such a great run as assistant to Lou Saban, they, to Nick Saban, rather. They have no secrets from each other. Um, no reason Alabama can't win this game, so I'll be taking the points with Alabama. All right, AI, Michigan, Iowa, Lucas Oil there in Indianapolis. Michigan minus 22, down from 23, 35 your total. Yeah, uh, the only side I can play is Michigan. You know, these teams met in, a, uh, in the Big Ten Championship game two years ago. It was a better Iowa team, certainly offensively. Probably not as good a Michigan team two years ago as they are today. Michigan won that game 42-3. to uh, I, It could be very difficult for Iowa to mount anything, uh, mount to score, uh, to, to score against a very strong Michigan team. And I think that, you know, the, Michigan has already faced good defenses, if not great defenses, in Ohio State and Penn State. This year, this is the best defense that Michigan, that excuse me, that Iowa will have faced. Uh, I am looking to play the first half under because I think if Iowa is going to be competitive, it may take some time for Michigan to figure out what Iowa is doing, for Iowa to figure out what Michigan is doing. Uh, I don't know if I'll be laying the 22, 22 and a half. That's the side that I would play. I can't make a case for Iowa, and as much as I'd like to make a case for the over, I can't. So that's why I, if I'm going to play the under, I'm going to wait to see where it settles in. I'll go under first half. Florida State minus two and a half against Louisville real quick. Uh, I like Florida State. Uh, just too much talent even with uh, uh, with Travis not there. Uh, I think uh, the, uh, that's a big adjustment in the line, but I'm not sure that the, the depth of talent on Florida State warrants that much of an adjustment. All right, only game we didn't say SMU, but they're without their quarterback, Stone, who broke his leg. Uh, very sad, man. The guy had 322 yards passing and three touchdowns with six minutes left in the first half against Navy, and he goes down. Tulane minus four. They're at home in Nolens, 47-year total against the Ponies. 
Yeah, we also didn't do Boise State UNLV, but uh, we'll get to that in a bit. But uh, I like Tulane in this game. They're on their home field. They were on this field last year when they beat a very good Central Florida team, 45-28. The absence of the quarterback for SMU, uh, who put up some outstanding numbers, a 26-6 to uh, TD to interception, or 28-6 to TD interception ratio, 3,204 yards passing, a passer rating of 161-something. Uh, the backups have limited experience, but I don't think they can come close to giving them the kind of effort uh, that the Stone gave them. All right, got four minutes, UNLV getting two and a half from Boise State, 59. I'd like to make a case for, USLV, for UNLV, but I'm not sure I can play the game. Uh, Boise has just so much experience in uh, postseason games, bowl games almost every year going back uh, you know, a decade and a half, so they're used to playing in this situation. Uh, I'll be rooting for UNLV. If I had to play the game, I would look to lay the two with Boise. I just think that experience counts so much, and I was very disappointed at the way UNLV came out last week against San Jose, knowing that it wasn't certain that they'd get in even with a loss, and yet uh, they played very poorly until they sort of rallied late when San Jose State already had control. There you go. Cowboys minus nine tomorrow night against Seattle. They're at home, 47 and a half from Big D. I like Dallas. Uh, they've been absolutely dominant. Just let, take a look at what they've done at home this year. I think the closest game that they won this year was week two against the Jets that they won by 20. I now, now yeah. I will say that Seattle is probably one of the best, maybe the best foe that Dallas will have hosted this year, although the Rams are not far behind, and they put away the Rams by 23, dominated that game as well. I can only go with Dallas. Lions minus four, 46 and a half at New Orleans. Saints, gosh, offense, Derek, it's disappointing. Yeah, I'm going to be on New Orleans in this one. Uh, my concern with Derek Carr and the Saints, they settled for too many field goals. Carr's not been able to convert those opportunities into touchdowns. That can hurt against Detroit, but Detroit seems to have leveled off, never fully recovered uh, after that shocking one-sided loss at Baltimore. Yeah, they've gone 3-1 and one since then, but they've not looked the same since before that Baltimore game. Broncos at Texans. Texans minus 3.5, 47.5. I like Houston. I like Houston as well. I'd like to see that line go down to three, maybe buy it to three. But Denver's playing well. They're not winning pretty, but they are winning. Winning breeds confidence. They do have an experienced quarterback in Russell Wilson. And Sean Payton, you know, it's his first year. It takes time to get things assessed and under control. He seems to have gotten that team to play much more to his liking, and they may just continue to improve. But I think this is a good spot for Houston, who's shown they are a legitimate team. All right, real quick, uh, Browns, they could end up starting Joe Flacco, for the love of God, against the, uh, the Rams. Uh, the Browns are catching three and a half in L.A., 40 the total. I will say this, that teams that go to SoFi, I mean, there will be 50% Browns fans, guaranteed, because I lived in L.A. before. They have major Browns clubs all over the place there in, in uh, L.A. Everybody on the West Coast that's a Browns fan will be there. I want more certainty on the status of uh, Miles Garrett, who got injured in that game, and uh, he expects to play, but it's not been made official yet. I like the Rams healthy. We saw how much they missed Williams. Now Williams and Cooper Cup gives them nice balance on offense. Stafford's a capable quarterback. At minus three, I would be looking to play uh, the Rams. Don't know how uh, how rusty Joe Flacco will be in uh, his less than one week with the team. All right, Chiefs Packers. Chiefs minus six. We got one minute. Uh, I listen to Mark, and I will be on the Green Bay Packers as well. They have started to show some improvement over the last few weeks. And Green Bay, uh, excuse me, Kansas City, they are not the offense that they were last year. But uh, alternatively, they've made it up for that with a uh, very good defense. And if, you know, if you're relying as much on defense as Kansas City has been this season, those tend to be lower-scoring games, so six points looms large uh, on the road. 
All right, so 30 seconds left. You listen to Mark Lawrence. You better listen to Mark Hoke on this. Eagles plus 2.5 at home, 47.5 against the Niners. Uh, I uh, got the uh, plus three on the uh, Eagles earlier. You know, you take a look at the schedule that uh, these teams face. Look at what Philadelphia has to play. Uh, Dallas, they had the open game at Kansas City, hosted Buffalo, San Francisco at Dallas, at Seattle. That's a very rough stretch. Philadelphia, they're not winning pretty. But they're winning. This is a tough team. I know it's a revenge game for San Francisco. Good stuff. It's a little bit more than the 49ers, mainly Gotta because Philadelphia go won one of the two games that last two, but went both games last two weeks. There you go. Great stuff from Andy Isco. That'll do it on a Wednesday live at Steiners. Thanks to Mark Hook. Thanks to Mark Lawrence. Our prayers with Arthur DeCesar. Till tomorrow, folks, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas Sports X Radio, 101.5 FMK. Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. God bless, folks. Talk to you tomorrow night. Good night, everybody.